Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the active skin repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. Well, hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the show. I'm Deanna Yates, and you are listening to episode 182 of the Wannabe Clutter-Free podcast. On today's episode, I'm chatting with celebrity chef Marcella Valladolid about how we as parents can remain sane during housework. I mean, she is a busy mom with so much going on, and she has a very interesting perspective on how to keep up with housework with everything else she has on her plate. Marcella shares tips and tricks that we as parents need to take to make these tasks a breeze, ultimately making us happier parents with more time on our hands to do things that we love to do with our kids. She and I connect on our love for travel, oddly enough, our impatience in the kitchen, you'll have to listen to find out what I mean by that, and why it's important to create a nest that your family loves as much as you do. I think you'll be surprised at some of her advice and breathe a sigh of relief at times too. But before we get to our conversation, I want to say thank you for joining me today. I am so grateful you are here. If you enjoy what you hear in this episode, can you please do me a favor and share this with someone you think would enjoy it? You can share it via text or email if you are listening to this on your phone, or you can even share it via social media. It helps me get the word out about how letting go of your clutter can help you create a life you actually want to be living. The world makes you think that you need more and more, but you just need the right amount for you. I am on a mission to spread that message out to as many women as I can because I think the world filled with women who actually believe in themselves would be an amazing place, don't you? And speaking of amazing women... Let's learn more about my guest this week. Marcella Valladolid is a celebrity chef starring on shows like The Kitchen and Mexican Made Easy. With her expertise in the kitchen, Chef Marcella has become an expert in cleaning and organizing as well as cooking. She is now the cleaning ambassador for the well-known Hispanic cleaning brand All In USA, which includes Penilin, Chlorolin, and Ensueño Laundry. 
Give this episode a listen, and when you are done, head over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 182 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Marcella's website and some really amazing things that she has got going on this month. Again, you can find it all at wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 182. And now let's get to our conversation. Well, hi, Marcella. Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm clutter free. I love it. (laughs) I am doing great today. We were chatting before this and we are both in San Diego, which is so fun. And so I am just really excited to talk about today. We've got a lot of fun topics. So before we dive in though, tell us about yourself. You've got a lot going on. I do, but I have to say when you mentioned like clutter free, my most important job and the one I take more seriously, and you can ask anybody in my life, it's about this home looking good. Like seriously, it's an obsession. I was thinking about it this morning. I sit out, Philip takes the kids to school in the morning. I'll introduce myself in a minute, but he takes them to school in the morning. My partner, he takes the littles to school. I have an older son, but he heads to work. And I sit here by myself for an entire hour before my day actually needs to start. And this place is like my sanctuary. So I take everything so seriously when it comes to my house. But yeah, I'm the CEO of my home and my business, Casa Marcela. I'm a chef. I'm an author. I'm a mom of three plus two furries, a cat and a dog. And I am the cleaning ambassador for Ensueño Landry, Pinalen, and Floralen, which I'm very proud of. And it was like the perfect, uh, they, they found me because they were like, okay, we follow you and you're obsessed. So this will work. So <laughs> that's it. my jam. Yeah. So many hats, so many different things going on. Um, and I am really excited. You have this gorgeous tree behind you. We're heading right into the holiday season and your home, yes, looks absolutely gorgeous. I love it. That tree is whew, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so what led you to becoming a chef? I want to talk a little bit about that. Did you start off as a chef? No, I Ooh. always thought I was going to be an architect, believe it or not. I didn't professionally, I've always only been a chef, but my entire life, I thought I was going to become an architect, went to architecture school. And people tell me this all the time. Like you still are an architect because I'm constantly, food is so much about composition. I personally like aesthetics in presentation Mm -hmm. and food and and decor. Like I am an architect in so many ways in my career, how I build my books, how I design them, how I design recipes, how I plate them. Like I am an architect, but no, I come from a family of the most amazing cooks. And my aunt, Marcella, we have the same name. She opened up one of the first culinary schools in Mexico, in Tijuana, in Baja, where I grew up. And I was her assistant one summer when I was actually in architecture school in Mexico. And just by being her assistant, I was like, and to be honest with you, I didn't grow up cooking. Like it was a rite of passage. You really didn't mess with the kitchen. Like the adults handled that, the moms or whoever, but I was not in there. They had no patience for it, to be honest with you. But when I did it with my aunt or when I assisted her that summer, I was pot washing and cleaning lettuce and just doing the prep work. And I just really loved not even the cooking part of it, but the way we're very proud Mexicans, the way she spread the love of the culture. Mm -hmm. And it felt like such a thinking about it now, like it gives me goosebumps, the way she was able to get people to fall in love with our culture through food, as a young woman that would literally cross the border to go to school in San Diego every day, that was my life. 
it felt so interesting to me because going to school in San Diego, I did high school in San Diego. Um, it was crazy. The misconceptions that they had about not only our food, but our culture, like all my American, my Americana friends, all my friends from San Diego. And it was crazy to me that we were so close to them right on the border. And they had such a huge misconception of how we live, how we eat, how we celebrate our culture and seeing my aunt do those classes. I was like, what a wonderful vehicle to show them how cool we are. And I dropped architecture school and went to culinary school. And here I am speaking to you now, 20 something years later. <laughs> I love it. Oddly enough, I actually worked for an architect myself in wow. Chicago. Yeah, there totally. You go. I think I should have been an engineer, but I bring that puzzling to all of my stuff. So I absolutely relate to that. I love that you had something that was close and near and dear to your heart. And then you really figured out and you're using those aspects. I yeah. absolutely love that you're using those aspects to make this connection. And it's so interesting to me. I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but I do think a lot has changed then over the last 20 something years. I feel like, is there a little bit more of a connection? Do you feel like between the American side of the border and the Mexican side of the border? Or? The misconceptions are still there hmm. and I fight them I'm not angry about it as it was when I was younger because I would literally, it would actually upset me. Literally. I don't even want to, literally would upset me what the misconceptions and stereotypes were. But now age, being a mom, all the things, mm -hmm. I have a much more gentle approach in correcting people when a stereotype or a generalization comes up. Has yeah. it changed? Absolutely. We have social media now. And we have a much more empowered community and a much more proud community. I grew up in an area that we were very fortunate where we felt we I felt very protected in this border region we're very embracing of one another culturally and it's not sadly like some other areas where honestly because of assimilation some people didn't mm. even speak Spanish or because of assimilation like parents would literally prohibit their kids from speaking English so that they would have an easy time in school that was a whole thing for an entire generation and where I grew up, that just wasn't the case because for us that live here and have access in and out of the border, we consider it a region. So like in my neighborhood, nobody even speaks English. I'm Mexican here. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I'm in a very kind of protective air, protected area where our culture is not, it's not problematic. And in some places people, it can be for people. And I, I didn't realize until I was on my first big book, book tour that I had hundreds of people show up to the signings and it was yeah. the most beautiful experience of my life where people were like the conversations that I was having with them were not so much about food but they were like I love that you have just you don't even present an excuse you just openly live and love your culture and I didn't even to me it was like people actually have to hide this like mm -hmm. it was a huge moment for me 10 years ago with that book that I was like there's an entire part of our community that has felt that they can't voice their love of their culture and food. Mm -hmm. And I'm giving them sometimes the space to do so. So it has changed. Oh, thank you for being the trailblazer there. And I, apologies to the audience. I'm getting a little off topic, but I love to travel. We got married in Mexico. We got engaged in Argentina. I absolutely love to travel. We've been all over. We've taken our daughter all over the world. I love this kind of thing. I love when cultures mesh up and, and get to just experience what other people in the world, how they live. It's one of my biggest it's one of my biggest joys. So anyway, thanks for letting me dive into that a little bit. I Everyone's think the happiest listening. people are well-traveled people. The <laughs> kindest people are yeah. well-traveled people. I firmly believe that. We try yeah. to get our kids 
as far as wide as we can, because that really, it makes you sensitive and understanding of how the world works. And if there's any prejudice, prejudice or anything that exists inside your body or that you grew up with, traveling the world really makes that sort of thing just dissolve and disappear. Yeah, absolutely. I think you you understand then that everybody in the world just wants to be happy and yes. all the parents just want their kids to have a good life and yes. be safe and just be able to follow their dreams. And yes. you can connect on that commonality yes. versus exactly. like, you know, other things. So exactly. I say that all the time. When you see conflict, just zoom out and yeah. think about it. We all just want to be happy and safe and with our kids and enjoy yeah our time here and celebrate and just do things for the people we love. And it's not that complicated. We all thrive on the same stuff. Totally. Totally. Speak in my language. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, Marcella and I will talk about her philosophy when it comes to cleaning and organizing. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. All right. Well, you are so busy. Tell us, how do you make time for it all? How do you make time for this beautiful house you have and your chef business and your author business and all of the other things you've got going on with the littles and all of that? So let us in on that secret. Yeah. I get asked that question all <laughs> the time. Like, how do you achieve balance? And my, an my honest answer is I don't. Mm -hmm. I constantly feel like things are getting away from me. I am human and I'm and I constantly feel, honestly, not as much as I did when I was younger. And I'll tell you why. But I used to always feel like I was failing at, there were so many aspects of my life that I felt like I was doing all of them at 60%. And I think with age, I've been really fortunate. Now I'm much more selective of what I do with my time and my energy. And now my giant focus is obviously on connecting with people through food, either with my books or with my classes or social media. And that takes up so much of my time. But my biggest priority, fortunately, I am able to now make it my home and my family. And I am obsessed with it. You'll see it on my social media. I'm constantly posting about how, and I just gave this advice to a, yeah, one of my assistants that's getting married. And I was like, you know what? Building a business is amazing. 
financial stability is amazing, but I think there needs to be more people out there that say your home and your family is what's going to give you joy. So you also need to make sure to give that time and attention. It shouldn't be secondary. It shouldn't be what you do with your leftover time. Like it should be the thing that you're building because then you get to my age at 45 and you're like, what did I build? Where am I standing? Who's standing here with me? And prioritizing my life and my family and my home and as might might sound like superficial to some, but literally keeping it clean and organized and gorgeous and a place where my kids walk in and I see them. I see it in my kids. They walk into this home and they don't want to leave. They want their birthday parties here. They want all of the Christmas dinners to be here. They don't want to do play dates at other kids' house. They want to come here. They want to eat the food here. And I'm like, that's what I built. I built this house and I built a space that my family never wants to leave, but I had to make that a priority. Hmm. I love that perspective of building it to be the place where they want to be. And I've thought about that as like the sanctuary, right? They walk in, they feel comfortable, but the way you put that is so amazing. Like just looking at it from that perspective of, I love that they want to have the play dates there. And we have that house too. And I hadn't really put it in those terms. I hadn't really thought about that, but yes, our daughter does like the fact that her room is neat and organized in a certain way and she can get all the stuff and she likes having her friends over to share that experience. And oh, so interesting. I like so it. Interesting. I hosted Thanksgiving, which was obviously on a Thursday. And that night, I have a teenager who's 19. He's like, can we do this again on Saturday with 20 of my friends? And I was like, yes, we can. He forgot about it and we didn't. But my res- my immediate response is going to be like, dude, I just cooked for a week and I was prepping yeah. the house for a month and I set the table last week. And, and I was like, if I don't say yes to him, you know what I'm saying? Who mm-hmm. asked their mom to cook a Thanksgiving dinner at 19 with their friends? I was like, that's a privilege. That's a gift. That's a result of what we've created. Philip and I have created here in this space. And I was like, yes, dude, I'll do it. I'll figure it out. And then he was like, no, I'm going to my dad's house for the weekend. So I was like, (laughs) score. Yeah. And giving yourself that moment of saying yes, I'm in that moment too, where I'm trying to say yes more because you're not going to get that opportunity again, right? Or you might, but- you can't guarantee it. And so being able to just say, yeah, okay, it's going to be stressful. I've got a little bit going on in my life right now, personally, that's a little stressful. And I'm just, you know what? It's okay. Just take a breath, do the thing, keep making the steps, but it is worth saying yes, because those moments can be so enriching. So yeah. Yeah. It's, but like I said, you just have to make it a priority. You just have to make it a priority. And it, it has to do, like I said, with the way a producer once told me, this was 10 years ago. She's you're so lucky that you get to work from home. And I was like, no, that ain't luck. I've been I worked. That. I've been thinking about that my whole life. I bought this house 12 years ago and it was just me. Philip wasn't in the picture yet. I bought this house probably maybe more, but 13 years ago thinking we're going to shoot here. We're going to do the books here. We're going to do a TV show. Here. We're going to do everything here from my home. That was the goal. You know, the goal was always just to stay close to the kids. That was a, some people have different goals and I'm not judging it. I'm just saying coming full circle, 15 years, 20 years later into my career, I'm like finally seeing the fruits of that labor of really focusing on 
creating this space and making this space my home a priority. Thank you for saying that, that it's, it's not an overnight, right? I -uh. think so many times we see people and we're like, oh my gosh, they just have it made. They did it. That's how easy it is for them. And it's like, but you think of all the little decisions you made along the way to make that happen. You chose that house. Maybe that was a stretch for you back then when you're like, nope, but this is the goal. This is the dream. And I'm going to see it through. And then making that, putting that up so high and saying, this is what I really want. All those little decisions that get made along the way. Totally. Yeah. And and if anybody's watching this, I think you'd think that this would be the goal and that people would put it on their vision boards, but sometimes they need to be reminded because nobody talks about this goal. And I like to tell young people all the time, keep that there. Put that family, if that's what you want, right? If you want to reach 50 and just be alone and travel the world, you might be completely, I know people that live their life like that and they're, they're fulfilled and happy. But if family and home is your goal and what you grew up with and what you associate with happiness, you need to make it a part of your vision board. You need to make it, it needs to be a part of the goal because it's not going to show up when you're, when you desire it 20 years later, you have to build it just like a company. Yeah. Okay, so how do you balance the two between the clean cleaning, organizing, and I know we talked about balance, but yeah. I do think people are listening going, okay, but it still sounds like she's got so much going on. Are yeah. there things that you don't do in your house for cleaning and organizing that maybe people think, but everyone says I have to do this thing, but maybe you're yeah. like, but that doesn't really work for us. Or- yeah, I, I think... And, and I, I mentioned this I, since being the cleaning ambassador for Ensueño Landry and Cloralen and Pinalen and these guys, I tell them all the time, it's part of it is very genetic. My dad used to wake us up at six o'clock in the morning so that we would sweep our rooms, clean our rooms, vacuum our rooms, bake our beds. He was very strict in that sense. He was very religious. And I grew up in a very cleanliness is next to godliness. Like that was a thing. Hmm. So for me... For whatever reason, clean and no clutter reduces like my anxiety by 90%. Walking into a cluttered space, I have two pets, a smelly space or seeing dirty windows, like a sprinkler broke and it's been sprinkling water on my kitchen window for a month and I still can't figure out which one it is. And every time I walk back there, I'm like, I hate the way this feels. And it's so silly, but it's like what I was talking about before, prioritize what's important to you. And for me, this house being clean Mm -hmm. is priority because I will literally get myself in a bad mood if it's not. I also went to culinary school where we had one chef, Chef Conomac, I remember him, he was awesome, but he had a giant sign in our kitchen that said, clean as you go. And I adopted that. And I am constantly cleaning without, and I think this is a good tip too. Like if I see something dirty, like I'm like, I'm able now to say, I'm not going to deal with this whole area. I'm going to pick up that sneaker. Now I'm going to wipe the surface. Now I'm going to, I have those Floralin wipes all over. They're hidden. They're hidden. They're like hidden gems all over the house. I've got kids and two dogs and two pets. I will whip them out and I will just clean that space and keep going. Even if I'm testing recipes, but I will no longer walk past something that's not clean or organized or in its place, I developed a system. It used to be like, oh, I'm not going to go upstairs and take the sneakers. And 
Now I have a basket at the bottom of the stairs and everything gets dropped in that basket. And on my next walk up the stairs, the basket makes its way upstairs. You know what I'm saying? But it's a way yeah. to keep this area organized. So I've kind of developed these little systems to keep it clean. But honestly, it's almost selfish because I just feel so good when it's clean and when it smells clean. It's so important to my, you know, mental yeah. health. Totally. Oh, okay. Couple good things you broke down there. First, I love that you have those white states stashed everywhere because that is such a good idea that they're hidden, right? Because I think people think, oh, but I don't want these all over my house. So hiding no. them away, but having them easily accessible. So there's no excuse of, oh, totally. I have to go upstairs to grab them or I have to go into totally. the kitchen to grab them. Very totally. interesting little tidbit there. And then I want to get into the cooking aspect in just a second, but also the basket at the stair, love it, right? And just that moment of, yes, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to clean this whole area. I'm going to take totally. this time. And this is my cleaning time. It is just like, as I pass, I'm just doing it as I go. So totally. it makes it easier. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. such a great point. There are definitely moments, especially on the weekends where I assign entire yeah. days to like the whole yard and the deck and. Philip and the, the, we'll all get in on it and I'll give my kid five bucks to clean all the windows. There are definitely moments like that, but the reality is you just can't let it build up because then when it does, that's when you get overwhelmed and you're like, I'm just not going to deal with it. So instead of thinking as cleaning of a task that you definitely have to set aside, I agree. Like for laundry, there's tasks that you have to set aside a certain time for, but I've become and this happened with age and maturity and having to deal, like I said, with dogs and ki kids and pets and cats and the whole thing to just see something and pick it up to literally use a dish, wash it, put it away, just clean as you go. It takes 30 seconds to pick up a sock, pick up a sneaker, throw it in the hamper, just clean as you go. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to do that later when I'm dealing with the whole cleaning situation. Just clean as you go. Put a sign up in your kitchen that says clean as you go. Let's pause for another quick break. And when we come back, Marcella will let us in on a secret when it comes to her kids in the kitchen. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? 
And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Okay. So let's take it to the kitchen because I do love to cook, but sometimes it can feel a little too difficult because the whole cleanup process and all of that going on. So obviously as a professional chef (laughs) and someone who spends a lot of time in the kitchen, I'm assuming you have some ideas for how we can keep that cleanup process easier. Totally. Well, I think the biggest one is like working with multi-purpose cleaners. So you're not Mm. whipping out 40 different products and just having them close by. So having a multi-purpose cleaner that's safe on all surfaces, I think that's a really good one. But like I said before, I think the biggest one, I think people would be surprised, like chefs are usually moving so quickly in the kitchen. And I actually am, that's one of my fortes as a chef. I'm actually very quick in execution. But I am not exaggerating if it's just me in the kitchen, especially if I'm entertaining, because there's nothing worse than hosting and having people peek into your your kitchen and seeing a disgusting mess while they're sitting in your dining room. Like I will not sit down with guests at a table unless my kitchen is somewhat clean, at least dishes in the dishwasher. And the only way to get there is to literally clean as you go. I will quite literally use a bowl to mix something that's in the earlier part of the recipe, I will walk over to the sink, I will wash it and I will dry it and I will just set it there and continue with my process. And you might think this makes your cooking process longer, but for me, it works. It works to use a measuring spoon, wash it and hang. I have all my stuff hanging on on hooks on because I cook there. It's hanging all over the kitchen. I'll wash it. I'll hang it. I'll wash it. I'll use it. Wash it. Hang it. Use it. Wash it. Hang it. And that's just my process. And It's made such a, I will literally use an ingredient. I'll use all of the pantry ingredients, keep them at the corner of my board. And then when I'm done with it, I walk around my island and put it all away to declutter in my space. I mean, for me, it's just about keeping the space in front of me clean. So clean as you go is like my mantra. Hmm. All right. I'll have to try that a little bit more. Clean as I go. Um, yeah. My husband and I split currently. So it's really nice because I will do, I do most of the cooking. He doesn't really enjoy that part. So I will do most of the cooking. And then he does thankfully clean, which is That's really amazing. nice. Philip is, all is of a it. pot washer too. He loves it. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> but it is nice to not, you know, I don't want to leave a complete disaster for him in the kitchen. So I love this idea of just as we go, if we can clean up, at least get the things soaking so that they're easy for him to clean totally. afterwards and that kind of stuff. Totally. So, and, and it might seem silly, but even if you're not going to wash them, even organizing the dirty dishes is I think helpful when he walks into the kitchen, even if they're dirty, but if they're nicely stacked next to the sink, don't let him okay. walk into Hiroshima. You want him to walk. I will literally, because Philip does yeah. the dishes as well. Often I'll do the cooking and he'll do the cleaning or vice versa because he cooks a lot too. Nice. And we're both really good at at least organize the dirt and just keep the dirty in one spot. Like maybe not all over the kitchen, maybe bowls stacked, maybe plates stacked. And that just mentally just makes it a whole lot easier. Very nice. All right. What about your kids? Do they ever help you in the kitchen? And how do you keep your cool when they make a mess? Because that's what happens in our house. 
People ask me all the time, but I'm super honest. I cook with them very little. You'd be oh, surprised. I cook with them very little. I am, I've learned to embrace the fact that I'm a highly impatient person and being a highly impatient person has given me a lot of my success. I need things done yesterday. If you ask me to do something, I will do it yesterday. I will hit you before the deadline. I will have it done. It'll be pretty. It'll be clean and it'll be perfect or I will try to make it perfect. So honestly, for me, it's work. It's work to allow them into my kitchen. It's work. And I have to really, I take it so seriously. And a lot of the cooking that I'm doing, because let me backtrack, like everything that I'm posting on social media that I think is different from a lot of people's posting on social media, like I don't post stuff for content. I post the stuff that I'm actually cooking or decorating or cleaning for my family. Nothing, I don't have the time or the patience to come up with recipes that nobody's going to eat and then get thrown out. Like I am actually cooking dinner. I am actually decorating my Christmas tree. I am actually cleaning my floors or my upholstery. Like I only post the stuff that actually exists in my life. So it has to serve the purpose of nourishing my family or cleaning my home and exist as content as my social media because that's my job. So I can get super like, no, don't do that don't touch it. Let me finish it. Come back in five minutes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I have, it's work for me. It's work for me to get them in there. Certain things are important to me, like culturally, like they're both aces at making tortillas. The three of them are actually Mm. are aces at making tortillas. And when appropriate, I do have them in there, but I want to be fully honest because I know there's a lot of moms just like me that just really struggle with the patience to have them in the kitchen with you. I do. I definitely do. I've tried. And so I do have to mentally, I have to prepare. I have to be like, okay, this is different, right? This is just time. This is not, there's no set schedule. There's yes. no whatever. Like I, it has to be a completely different mindset for me. So totally. I appreciate that. I'm not alone. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. And I love it that you said, and that's the mentality to walk into it. Say, this is something different. This is different. We're not looking for a successful dish in the end. We're looking for something else here, for connection, for fun. I've gotten smart about which parts of the process to include them in. Maybe I'll just measure everything out and be like, do you guys want to make cookies? And then they just come in and mix. You know what I'm saying? I've gotten smart about mise en place before getting them in there so that they do absolutely feel like they're participating, but they're not scooping the measuring cup into the flour and making a massive mess. Maybe I'll pre-measure and have them mixed. Very smart. I love that idea. We'll try that this year for sure. For it sure. Works. And she's getting older. Our daughter is now 10. She's definitely getting a lot older, a lot more competent in the kitchen, things like that. Yeah. But this is definitely when she was younger. I mean, my whole kitchen would be covered in flour and I'd be like, but I thought this was something that we were supposed to do as moms that would be fun. So Huh. It's not. I appreciate I, I, that. And, and, I, and that's what, and that's why I have such a great connection yeah. with my social media followers. Cause I'm a truth teller, man. It is not, it's an exercise in building patience and self-control and regulating your emotions. It's like a whole thing cooking with kids, especially <laughs> if you're trying to get dinner on the table, it is a whole thing and it is not fun. It is not for me. It's not fun. I'm just being honest. Do I do it? Do I get joy from seeing their little faces at the end of it, like they made this thing. They're much more willing to try foods if they're involved in the process. So I definitely want to get them in there for that reason. Is it easy? It is not even a little bit. I don't enjoy it, but I do it. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for the honesty. Thank you for the permission. 
So good. <laughs> okay. So any tips or tricks other than what you've already talked about, which is awesome. The clean as you go, keeping things stashed away, making it easy. Yeah. How about like for parents or with your kids? Do you have anything that you have them do? Any things that help yeah. you stay sane as a parent when you're cleaning with kids? Yeah. My little one, David, he has my gene and he can smell things. He can smell if the house is not clean. So he is like my one, my biggest motivator in actually cleaning this home. And he's happy to help, which is awesome. Anna, not so much. Foul, I'll tell you about my 19-year-old. I'll tell you my philosophy about cleaning the rooms of teenagers, because this is a good one. I cannot deal with the situation of masking smells, like lighting a candle to make things smell good or like David will know. Even if I light, like I have those piney Christmas candles that are so fragrant and so delicious. And he'll be like, "Mm -mm, the dog's been here. So I seriously have to deep clean because masking smells will be noticed by David and by Philip too. And by myself. But like, I think that one, that's important. I think that's important. I think moving furniture, cleaning corners, like really making yourself or giving yourself the la tarea, the homework of really disinfecting the space, like really. And this doesn't have to be every day. I say this all the time. This doesn't have to be every day. Maybe assign yourself a room a week. Like maybe every Monday will be deep cleaning of one of the rooms in the house. So every Monday, we actually have a set schedule here at the house of how we clean, which is a little neurotic, but it works for us. But, and I say this to Philip all the time, we don't have to deep clean the whole area every day, but we do have to assign a day to make sure we don't have dog hair or make sure it's not smelly underneath whatever that area or inside the drawers or take out all the silverware, throw it in the dishwasher and put it back in the drawer, make sure the pantry shelves. And this isn't a daily task. You just have to make sure you're not masking, like cleaning just over the top. I say this all the time. There's a difference between, um, como se dice en inglés, like just arranging and cleaning. A lot of people just arrange, which is put the cushion back in its place, put the throw back on the couch, wipe off the dog hairs. But for me, the whole masking smell situation, I cannot deal yeah. It's interesting, right? It's the it's a very similar dichotomy between like decluttering and organizing, right? Getting rid of the clutter and then only keeping what you need and then making that organized. And instead of tidying up, cleaning, right? Actually cleaning the surfaces and things like that. And I think yeah, 100%. I love how you made that a little bit more doable by saying one room a week, right? Instead of saying like Monday's disinfecting day for the whole house. It's Monday's disinfecting day for one particular room. And of totally. course, as you stay up on top of it, it is easier because you're cleaning as you're going. Totally. And <laughs> if you have the timer for it, you can just arrive, assign a room a week, which is more what we do here. Like Mondays will be living room. Tuesdays will be bedroom. It's a big, it's a big old house. So we did, I did have to break it down to not go crazy and have some it seems a little nutty, but if you actually write down a schedule, even if you like skip a day, fine. If Monday you miss bedroom day, who cares? You'll get it next week. But what I'm saying is have some sort of schedule and then Tuesday you'll do the bar area that I'm looking at. And if it doesn't happen in a couple of deep cleaning doesn't happen in a couple of weeks, we will survive. But you get yourself back on track when you have a moment. 
Yeah. I love it. I call it the doable dozen in our house. We have the five daily things I do. And then seven things that I would love to do one a day. But if I don't get to it that day, then I know I only have one extra thing to catch up on the next day. Or if it's a really busy week, we can spend the day Saturday morning cleaning up and catching up on those seven must do tasks for the week. So yeah, I think I'm similar in philosophy of like, it doesn't have to always be ever, like so perfect, but if you have the outline, you can live within the outline to rearrange it to fit with whatever's going on that day. Yeah. I love that you, that this is like a thing that you dedicate time to, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I was going back to before. And that's what I was saying to my assistant that's getting married. Like those tiny things At the end of the day, when you're, like I said, my age and the kids are starting to grow, whatever, making those things a priority are going to give you so much joy if that's what you yearn for in life. Give your home the time it make a list, write it down, the doable dozen, whatever you call it, make it a priority, make it just as important as meeting that deadline for work. This Mm -hmm. faith is where your the memory your kids will not remember that you turned that thing into their boss on a deadline. They will not care. They will remember the smells. They will remember where things were. They will remember what it looked like. So make it a priority to keep your home beautiful for them. Yeah. Get back to what really matters. And at the end of the day, I just, we're recording this right after Thanksgiving. And so, yes, all of this thankfulness for what are you thankful for? And really you could be thankful for the littlest things. And I wrote down like a hundred things I was grateful for just to do it. And there were things like the sunset, like the way the sunset looks on a certain street, the fact that we have running water, but of course the major things on the list were all of the relationships. Totally. That's what having a home helps you build. It's the nest. It's the place where your whole family gets to come back and be together. Yes, absolutely. 100% agree. Hmm. So good. Marcella, this has been wonderful. I could just sit and chit chat with you all day. I'm going to have to come down. You're not very far. We're going to have to oh, meet thank up sometime. you. Come down and visit. That, yeah. that, literally, I will show you. The door is literally always open. Can you see the door? Oh it lives God. open. It I lives literally it. open because the neighbors will come by and then the kids will run in and out. We, my front door doesn't face the street. Otherwise, perhaps I wouldn't do that. It's hid in the back. Yeah. But literally, whenever you want to come down, the oh. door is literally always open. I absolutely love it. We'll definitely connect offline. But tell listeners where they can find you because they're going to want to connect with you for sure. Yeah. If they, first, if they want to find all of these products that I was talking about, in Sueño, yeah. Laundry, Pinale, and Cloralen, they can go to Amazon. And life is so easy when you can just get on Amazon and find all of the things. And it's so funny. I was shopping the other day. And it was so crazy that my picture popped up and I said, I took a screenshot and I sent it to, to Philip and I was like, oh my God, I'm shopping for cleaning products and I'm right there. But anyway, no, they can find, so you can find me, you can find my picture on Amazon with cleaning products, but you can find me on Instagram is where I do heavy interacting with my followers and I love them so much. I named my last book after them, my familia. Um, Casa Marcela is my website where I often have that's the other job. I bring artisanal product from Mexico that I either design or curate myself, the architect coming out. And we've had such great success with that as well. But honestly, I, I've just, I, we're launching a massive cooking class for December for Navidad with a Mexican Christmas 
uh, uh, menu. And all of that happens through Instagram or via my newsletter, which is at gastamarcela.com to sign up. So it's all there on my gram. Fantastic. At Chef well, Marcella. At Chef Marcella. Okay. We yes. will make sure that all of that is linked in the show notes so people Thank can you. find you. There's lots of different places. So we'll make sure we get all of that linked so everybody can find you. And then my favorite way to end every episode is with three rapid fire questions. So the first one is, what does clutter-free mean to you? Uh, my clutter-free home means a clutter-free mind. So true. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number two, what is one thing you want listeners to take away from today's show? That making your family and your home a priority is a very good thing. So good. And number three, what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? decorating for the holidays because I'm hosting Christmas. So the thought that it won't just be my little family, it'll be my sister, my brother, their kids, my aunts. So excited about this season and family and hosting and cooking and just having everybody over. Oh, so good. So good. Well, again, thank you so much for today. This was wonderful. And I know everyone's going to want to connect with you. So have a lovely day. Thank you, my friend. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that a great episode? I really enjoyed connecting with Marcella, and now I can't wait to connect with her in person since we're in the same city. She had some amazing nuggets of wisdom, and I love that she gave us permission to lean into who we really are, whether that's in the kitchen or in our everyday life. But I would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. What stuck out to you? I would absolutely love to know. So please comment on this post on Instagram or send me a DM. I'm wannabe clutter free on the social channels or come on over to the wannabe minimalist family group on Facebook and share with the community. There will be a discussion thread for this episode and we'd love to chat with you in the comments. You can also leave a review on Apple podcasts, a comment on this episode on Spotify or a comment on YouTube. And remember, if you know someone who could use a little cleaning and organizing help, then go ahead and share this episode with them. It might just be the thing they need today. And of course, special thanks to Marcella for joining us on the show today, sharing about her journey and giving us some amazing tips to try in our own homes. I know I'm going to be exploring how I can clean more as I go throughout my day. Remember, you can get more detailed show notes and all of her links by heading over to wannabeclutterfree.com slash 182. Again, that's wannabeclutterfree.com forward slash the number 182 to find out more about Marcella and to get access to her resources. And as always, thank you for joining me today too. With that, I hope you have an amazing day and I will see you back here next week for another guest episode. I will be talking with Allison Lombatis about creating a functional wardrobe. We chat about her tips and tricks for decluttering, getting over guilt, and even where she recommends shopping. It's going to be a great episode. Make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss it. Until next time, take care, keep things simple, clean as you go, and remember, I believe in you. I'm Deanna Yates, and you've been listening to Wanna Be Clutter Free. I'll see you next week. Cheers.
feel like you're the martyr in your family, you're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.